Hello and welcome back to our devotions on the Psalms. Today I want to continue the series of the Psalms from 140 to 146. These are Psalms that were written very likely when David, King David, before he became king, was running away from King Saul. And during that journey as he hid from King Saul, he wrote these very plaintive, very desperate prayers to God. But it is very instructive how the psalmist talks to God because it reveals to us his attitude towards his enemies, his trust in God. And so I would like to go through each of these psalms, although they come from the same circumstance of deep tribulation, of fear, of being pursued by an enemy who is violently seeking his life. They're all about the same, same theme. And yet, each of these prayers reflect a different mood that he has, different thoughts in his mind. And together then we can begin to understand what a man after God's heart thinks and feels about God. So today I shall do Psalm 141. Let us pray. Father David was man after your heart. And it was especially in these difficult times when things were going against him, when he was pursued by his enemies, where things were not peaceful for him. With God, he displayed what it really meant to be a man after your heart. Help us, Lord, too, that you will develop such attitudes in our lives. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 141 O Lord, I call upon you. Hasten to me. Give ear to my voice when I call to you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart incline to any evil to busy myself with wicked deeds, in company with men who work iniquity, and let me not eat of their delicacies. Let a righteous man strike me, it is a kindness. Let him rebuke me, it is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. Yet my prayer is continually against their evil deeds when their judges are thrown over the cliff. Then they shall hear my words, for they are pleasant. As one ploughs, as when one ploughs and breaks up the earth, so shall our bones be scattered at the mouth of Sheol. But my eyes are toward you, O God, my Lord. In you I seek refuge. Leave me not defenceless. Keep me from the trap that they have laid for me and from the snares of evildoers. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I pass by safely. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we read this from the context, it is very clear that King David, or David as he, as he fled from King Saul, was in very deep, deep danger and bad, deep trouble. Enemies are laying traps for him, as we heard last week. They are setting nets for him. And yet, in his desperation, or in his desperation, David cries out to God. He begins by saying, O Lord, I call upon you, listen to me. Give ear to my voice when I call you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. We often think of asking God a kind of a quid pro quo, 
um, deal with God. God, you help me out of this problem and I will give you these things. Or more, more often, we go to church, we offer God a special offering and then we say, God, help me. It's as though if we offered God something, God will be quicker to hear us. I remember when I was five years old, I was very ill and in hospital and I didn't know when I would get out. I had already been there for more than a week. One day I said to my mother, well, if God heals me, I will be a pastor. Well, I regretted what I said for the next, I don't know, 30 years and kept running from God. Well, God caught up with me and I ended up being a pastor, but that's not the point. The point was that I was bargaining with God. In my youth as five-year-old, I guess, that was probably what God put in my mind as well. But so often we do bargain with God. We say, God, I will offer you this if you give me that. Here, David had reached a point where there was no way he could deal, he could bargain with God. He was in the wilderness. There was no food, there was no money, nothing to offer to God. And then he says, May my prayer be counted as incense before you. All he had was his own prayer, his desperate cry to God. It was no longer he, no longer could he be formal, no longer could he stand and offer real incense to God. He could only cry out and say, God, let this be like incense to you. And let the lifting of my hands be like an offering. There was nothing else that he could give to God. If we still think of reaching God in a very formal way, and sometimes we say we are faced with a problem and we say, well, let me get home first. Let me get on my knees after dinner, after everything, and then I'll talk to God. Sometimes we say, well, let's, let me get to church and I shall talk to God and bring my needs to God. Or sometimes even let me call the pastor and let him pray for me. And yet there comes times when all, none of these things are possible, as David discovered. And then he discovered too that God needn't, didn't need him to do any of that. That the mere lifting up of his hands was like a sacrifice. The mere crying out to God was like incense to him. God is attentive to our prayers, to our cries, informally, formally, regardless of whether we do it, we have things to offer him or no things to offer him. David discovered that God was always with him, always ready to listen to his cries. I don't know how many of you still treat God very formally, like you have to give things to God in order that he would hear your prayers. If that is true of you, then let me assure you that God is more attentive to our prayers than we are ever attentive to him and we needn't offer him anything in exchange because he loves you very much. But there's something else about David's prayer. Here, David was being pursued. In the earlier psalm, we hear that those who pursued him were, had venom, venomous tongues. They were sharp and they were hurtful. And here, David is saying, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. While David was being slandered, being insulted, uh, being abused verbally as well, 
he asked God to keep his lips from keep watch over the door of his lips and guard his mouth. How often do we feel justified in returning evil for evil? That if someone were to slander us and tell terrible lies about us, that perhaps the best remedy for that is to tell terrible lies about our enemies too, to slander them, to say terrible things about them. If they accuse me of something, let me accuse them of something else. Isn't that the most intuitive, most common way of retorting or responding to a person who attacks us with words? And then he says, but do not let my heart incline to any evil to busy myself with the wicked deeds in company with men who work iniquity and let me not eat of their delicacies. Though he was being sought, being pursued, though evil men were attacking him, he asked God to keep him from evil deeds, that he would not busy himself with wicked deeds. Here is something that was special about David, that he refused to do a tit-for-tat return. He saw himself as being ho- needing to be holy before his God. It didn't matter what his enemies did to him. They could be cruel to him, evil to him. But he was to be righteous before his God. We often forget that and we lower ourselves to the level of our enemies. If someone's rude to me, I will be rude to them and I justify. You shouted at me, I shout back at you. You curse me, I curse you back. You sabotage me, I will sabotage you back. Tit for that. You do this bad to me, I'll do that bad to you. And we often forget then that the people we are, the person we are accountable to is not the enemy. It's not the one who then gives me the reason or the excuse to behave in an evil, wicked way. Whether people treat us with respect or disrespect, whether they're kind to us or cruel to us, we are answerable and accountable only to God. And that's our integrity, that's our dignity. David knew that whatever people did for him should not affect how he would behave with his life. I think that's a beautiful thought, that I am a child of God, I am precious before God, and I have the freedom to live in the love of God. Whether or not people, whatever people do to me should not affect the way I hold myself up as a child of God. I remember a story that I read a long time ago. It's a man who uh, would go through a door, and the doorman was legendary. He was rude to everyone. And people then would respond to him rudely also. They would shout at him, say, why are you so rude? What's wrong with you? You're only a doorman. You're just nothing. As he hurled abuse at the people who walked through the door, the people would return with equally venomous abuse. But a man, there was one gentleman who each day walked through the doors and he was similarly abused verbally by the doorman. But this man would look at him, smile and say, Good morning, have a good day. One day, an observer approached him very curious and said, Look, this man, is, this doorman is so rude. Why are you still so polite to him? And the gentleman replied, Whether he's rude or he's polite is his business. 
whether I'm rude or I'm polite is my business, and I am not going to be a rude person. It reminded me then that we are people of dignity, we are people, we are God's children. How we respond, how we behave, should never be determined by how others behave towards us. David displayed that quality, that though people slandered him, though people hurt him, he prayed that God would guard his lips, that he would not busy himself with evil. But there was the last line too that says, and let me not eat of their delicacies. One of the things then that if you can't fight, you join them, right? You can't fight them, you join them. And that too, David refused to do. He would not compromise with his enemies either to do evil deeds. He would not fight them, nor would he join them in their evil deeds. He was man of his own right, a child of God, a person, a man after God's own heart. And then in verse 5, he continues with that prayer, Let a righteous man strike me, it is a kindness. Let him rebuke me, it is oil for my head. Let my head not refuse it. David treasured righteousness, even if it came as a rebuke. None of us like to be rebuked. None of us like to be told that what we did was wrong. We like to be affirmed. We like to be praised. We like to be told that we're right. And yet, to David, it wasn't about being praised or being celebrated because he was popular. To him, he wanted to be right before God. He loved God very much. He, his heart resonated with God's. And he wanted his actions and his words to also resonate with God. How wonderful it is! it was for David when he was corrected, rebuked for his bad things, the things that he said that were wrong, or behaviour or thoughts that he did that were wrong. It didn't matter that he was humiliated if someone corrected him. To him, if he was corrected, it was like the best thing that could happen to him. I want to learn that too. I want to be able to take rebuke when it points me to the right way. Because once again, it comes back to this. It's not about what people think of me. It is who I am as God's child. And as God's child, I want to do it to please my Lord. I know I'm far from it. Most of us are. Often when people tell me something that I've done wrong, I bristle and I feel humiliated and angry. But that's because I'm looking not at myself as God's child. I'm just fragile in my ego. And I'm looking to be praised and affirmed. And that's the wrong place to look at. The right place to look at is how God sees us as his precious child. And we want to live in that way. And then, if verse 6 is something that Verse 6 and 7 is something that commentators don't know what it's about. When the judges are thrown over the cliff, then they shall hear my words, for they are pleasant. Um, some say that when the enemies um, are defeated, then they will hear the peace of the king of David. Others say that this is um, King Saul being pardoned and David is still pleasant to him. But we don't know what it is and it's hard to explain this and it's probably pure conjecture what it is. So we move on to verse 8. 
where he says, But my eyes are toward you, O Lord. In you I seek refuge. Leave me not defenceless. Keep me from the trap that they have laid for me and from the snares of evildoers. David wasn't just giving up. It wasn't as though he had given up on the fight, that he was no longer, uh, he was just being stoical. His trust and his eyes and his faith were still on God. He wanted very much to be delivered, but he would not take anything in his own hands. He would not be a changed person, to become a violent person, an insulting person, a slanderous person, just to save himself. Rather, he would turn to his God and commit himself to God and ask God to help him. It is a miracle when God does that for us, that he makes us people of integrity, who will not be swayed or, or pressured or influenced by what others do, but who know that we are God's children, that God will protect us, or He, if he doesn't, that's up to him, but that God is with us. But whether we are spared from the snares and the nets, the attacks of the evil ones, of our enemies, we will remain true to ourselves, true to our God. If I am a child of God, I want to live as a child of God. Let us pray. Father, so often we become victims of the evil of others, or rather that our character becomes moulded by the evil of others. When people are evil to us, we become evil to them. If people are rude to us, we become rude to them. We are like chameleons, Lord. We don't want that anymore. We want to know that we live with integrity, with dignity, that we are your children. Whatever people do to us, Lord, we want to live as people, or children of yours not to be swayed by how they treat us, but always to know that we are our own person, that we are precious to you. Develop that in us, Lord, and give us strength to live that way. For God, indeed, it is difficult. Even now, Lord, as if someone would insult me, I'd, I'd say, well, you made me do it. And yet, God, we want to be strong people, strong children of yours, who hold our own, as righteous people. Help us, Lord, as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening and God bless you. Have a great week ahead. Goodbye.